Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About, about time, time for True Crime. crime. How hey. How's your week? Tell us everything. Um, I don't know. How's your life? What's new? What's old? What's cool? What sucks? How's the weather where you are? For us, it is so delightfully it, chilly. It, we're getting into the spoopy time and we're going to be bringing you some spoopy cases in a couple of weeks. Woohoo! You just, you just hang tight. Oh, I'm so excited, you guys. Allie has our first special topics prepared, but um, I don't know. It just actually feels like we're finally getting into fall. We're finally getting into like a good range, a good rhythm in terms of pod pod episodes. And I don't know. It's a good time. I know. And this week, you know, you guys just heard the very last, last, last installment of John Bonet. Yes. So we have put that to bed. Give us your feedback. What do you think? We want to hear it all. Yeah. We also want to know what other cases you want us to do deep dives on. And it's okay if you say, hey, I want a deep dive, but not that deep of a dive. Please, Um, like, speak up. Yes, the hope here is that there aren't that many that would have the need for that many parts. But, you know, you ask me to deep dive into something, I'll find a way. She's going to dive deep. I love research. I love it. I love just reading things and learning things. And it's more fun when they're dark and twisty. I don't know. We got some requests, and I think I forgot to tell you. Um, we, oh. got, we got some requests to do some more unsolved cases. Okay. To bring more attention to those. We also got some requests to do some cases that are um, from some landmark court cases. So, like, oh, where, we got, where we got Miranda rights and where we got, you know, other things that have sort of, like, set a precedent. Yeah. And talk about how those things came to be, which I think is really going to, you know, work into some of our more cj short episodes or special topics so we're going to be diving into those too so you guys just stay tuned but please do not hesitate to tell us what you would like to hear yes so we will probably oh gosh knowing that that's very exciting i love supreme court landmark cases they're one of my like guilty pleasures i just i think it's fascinating and i think we could do a lot with that but i want to know you know you guys are the ones listening we yeah. want to know what is it that you want to listen to. What kind of topics are you interested in hearing the background on? Do you care about gun control? Do you care about... Surveillance? Uh, Do you care about Stockholm Syndrome? Do you d- care about... Truancy? Do we care if that's a law? I don't know. What do you guys want to hear about? And also, what are you wearing? Just kidding. Um, I actually me. do want to know what you're wearing, so do tell us. Oh my god, they're probably on their way to work. Oh well, that's fine. You can just you say work like that job, bitch. Make that money. Yes, girl. Work yes, it. king. Another day, another dollar. Get it. Love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or are you sitting at your desk? Are you already at work? You're pretending to be busy, but we're just in your ears, just chilling. Um, have you ever been listening to us at work and laughed so hard that you hoped you didn't have to explain why you laughed out loud? Because I do that with a lot of podcasts. Oh my God, you do. And you do laugh out loud. <laughs> it's so true. I can't help it sometimes. Sometimes it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> sometimes it just catches you off guard and you just need to laugh it's or true. snort. I'll like, yeah. you know, yeah. that really ugly sound and people are like, was that a fart? What was that? I just get like a, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So we, we have a, we have a great time here. Yes. We want to know. We just want to know what you guys want, okay? Well, and also... In the, in the most loving way. Tell me what you want, damn it. <laughs> that yeah. was a hiss for you. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say I'm really excited for my first short. That's like a special topic. I don't know. I think there's just a lot of them. I was thinking about doing like surveillance, either like police approved surveillance techniques. Um, I was also considering doing some topics. Actually, Allie and I were literally just talking about this before we pressed record. But some of the refugee and law enforcement slash um, courts interactions that we have with people once they're granted asylum from their home countries and emigrate over that would be fascinating just to talk about like the population the need what we're looking at what we're seeing that kind of thing and I don't know there's a ton I'm really excited for today's actually thank you well so like today we're gonna be doing our first special topic but remember a little while back way long time ago when we did organized versus disorganized I would call that like a, a CJ short. Like it's a more of a criminal justice yeah. concept in general and, you know, what what you talk about in that. But today is a special topic and that's because the topic is victimization of people with disabilities. Yes. I have done a lot of research on this. I think it's a really important conversation to have. And I just needed a break after the Mont Vernon case that I covered last week. Yeah. That was very heavy. That was, let me know, what did you guys think? Any of our New England listeners, do you remember that one? Let us know. But I loved, I, I mean, that one is just, it hits home because it is home. Yeah. You know? Um, and because of the randomness of it. So I wanted to take just a, a slight step back from so you an individual deep dive. Another horrendous topic. Oh, yeah. No, we're not ever going to talk about like rainbows and unicorns on this podcast, but I wanted to just shed light to a bigger concept here too. Yeah. So that is what we're going to do today. Oh, hell yeah, bro. So we're going to jump on into it. Nice. Okay. You ready for that? I sure am. You buckled up? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me click. Okay, click it or ticket. So right. make sure you did that All right. So yeah, we're gonna take a quick little break from the heavy true crime stories because we are also fascinated by them all. But sometimes it is refreshing to switch gears and give another pressing and important topic the attention that it deserves. Hell yes. So in that spirit, what I'm gonna talk to you all about today is the victimization of people with disabilities. By no means is this a pleasant topic to talk about, but it's an important one that I want to shed light on. Yeah, it's hard. So I'm gonna be giving very like brief overviews of some cases, but I'm not gonna do anything deep into like, I'm not going to give you every single detail on any particular one of them. Although, if one jumps out at you and you want me to, let me know. Hell yeah. But you'll see what I mean. So, to start us off, I just want to give some background on what is a disability and the the working definition that when I talk about these cases and we talk about um, the statistics later of things, what that definition that they're using is too. So, the CDC defines a disability as any condition of the body or mind that makes it more difficult for the person with the condition to do certain activities and interact with the world around them. So it's important to recognize that there are literally hundreds of different kinds of disabilities. These can affect a person's vision, movement, thinking, remembering, learning, communicating, hearing, mental health, social relationships, the list goes on. And on and on. 
but it's also important to note that two people can have the exact same disability and not have the same needs and abilities. They impact people in different ways, and individuals' access to specialized care and treatment vary, and their condition can vary based on that as well. All victimizations are important to prevent and stop and punish those responsible. Another key note here before we really dive into it is that there's a wide range of disabilities with varying levels of severity. So remember, this means that what the individual experiences makes it more difficult for them to interact with the world around them. This could mean that you are elderly and have difficulty walking long distances. We see that with handicap parking. This also includes chromosomal disorders like Down syndrome. This includes gene disorders like muscular dystrophy. This includes disabilities related to injuries such as a spinal cord injury or a traumatic brain injury. There's also progressive and static disabilities. So the first meaning that the condition can grow more severe over time. The second being that it stays the same. So, for example, muscular dy- dystrophy and multiple sclerosis are... Progr- That's a hard thing to say, sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis, yeah. If you try saying that fast, it's literally... Multiple sclerosis. Yeah, it's a tongue twister, but anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, those ones are progressive, but someone with... Um, it's called phocomelia, which is being born either like entirely without or like only partial of like some of your limbs like that's static so you're not going to like over time have less of your arm you are born like that that's going to stay the same throughout life doesn't mean that complications can't arise from that condition but it's not going to you know you're not going to have slowly less and less ability in that way right or alternatively more and more yes yeah so the last keynote that I want to just give you before we do this um, is that what we're going to talk about today might apply apply to you someday even if it doesn't apply to you today. Yeah it's important. So according to the stats from the CDC 61 million adults in the United States alone live with a disability. That's one in four people. That's a lot. So Not all disabilities, again, are as severe as others, but in this episode, if what we're talking about doesn't apply to you, yes, it does. (laughs) Because if it's not you now, maybe it's you later, and maybe it's never you, but it could be your spouse or your child or your sibling or your parent or someone who matters to you. Yeah, if you know more than four people, chances are one of them has a disability. Or could at some point, you know? So it's just important for us to keep all of this in check. So for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to focus mostly on people who struggle with communicating and learning and or controlling their bodies, but these apply to everybody. The reason for this is because we see a lot of abuse in these individuals in like a medical or some kind of like facility long-term care setting. And those are the things that normally if they're found out and they're not always documented. Yeah. Um sort of make it to the news or make it something that we can actually find out more about. So I'm not going to give you this like four hour long episode. If you want a deeper dive into this, do not hesitate to let us know. Please, please do. Um, I got to be sure first if this is something you're interested in learning more about before I just hit you with like a thousand parts about it. Fair. So, okay. We're going to start getting into some of the examples of how people with disabilities are victimized. Can I put a quick asterisk in here? Sure. So I will probably be making comments. Allie knows this. And also we've talked about like the conversation that we kind of want to have around it. But 
I am coming at it with a background of working one-on-one with a few different people who have had disabilities between the Northeast where I am now and where I grew up in the Midwest. So I have a little bit of experience in that one-on-one direct support profession, but I am adding my input from that perspective today. So I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody listening and just to give you the heads up before I make comments instead of, you know, giving you that afterwards. (laughs) Yes. So Abby has more experience working in this field than I do. I'd say I've probably researched it more. Is that fair? That's fair. So we're pretty, I think like we just, we come at it from very different angles, which I think is fantastic. And you're going to hear us refer to what she just said, which was a direct support professional. We're going to call that a DSP. That's what they're called. Um, So if you hear that acronym, that's what that stands for. But Abby has Mm -hmm. done that shit few different times it was delightful and i think unfortunately some of these things are going to stand out to you and just be horrifying yeah mm-hmm. i'm ready well, I, I think have all f- of these things will i have a few horrifying stories i can share myself it's so. it's pretty terrible so let's just jump into the terribleness shall we mm-hmm. with both Love feet. It. all right let's do it so i think when we think about abuse of really anybody i think our first gut instinct is like okay physical or sexual abuse because that just seems to be it's the thing that you can see you can see scars and wounds and bruises and those are the things that stand out to us the most and we're going to talk about all different kinds of abuse today but i'm going to start there so in case you don't believe that this happens uh the case that we're going to talk about happened in july of this year so fuck future people if you're listening to this like you know years from now this is 2022 people okay so where we are right now God, it's not hard to not hurt other people okay. july of this year oh buckle up so the information is from uh 12 news arizona so in gilbert arizona 22 year old andre testa and his girlfriend were house sitting for her mother while the mom was away on vacation while they're house sitting, they're also watching after the girlfriend's um, sister who was mentally disabled. Okay. Okay. She's 30 years old. She was described as having a very childlike um, capacity in the way that she interacted with people, the way that she communicated. So she was 13, but she had a little bit she of that was, cognitive delay. She was, no, she's 30. 30. 30. That's a big difference. Three zero. Okay. Yes. She's three zero, but she's more like 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. So not the language I would have used the way that they said it, but we'll get into a little bit more of that later. Yeah. So while his girlfriend was asleep, Andre would sneak into the sister's bedroom at night and he raped her. Ew. So she asked him to stop. He's, she said, no, she said, don't, he didn't listen. And this continued for the duration that he was staying there. So he was interacting with her as normal throughout the day in front of his girlfriend. Once his girlfriend was asleep, that's when he would leave. He would go into her room. And again, this happened for as long as they were house sitting. So he told her she needed to keep the secret. He told her that the girlfriend would break up with him and he would be really upset and the sister would be really sad if she told anybody so she had to keep it quiet eventually over time the victim told her mom once the mom was home and they were out of the home told her what happened and the mom contacted the police he confessed immediately and he has been charged with seven counts of sexual assault and one count of sexual abuse in this case he was not a caregiver or even someone who was typically around her 
He saw an opportunity to assault someone he knew could not fight back and who he believed wouldn't be believed. And he took it. So I hope he rots in hell like the piece of wet shit that he is. So that's my little spin on that. Love that. Moving right along. Also in June of this year, a 44-year-old man was arrested for sexually assaulting a woman with an intellectual disability. According to Fox 4 News, Samson Asefa Lemma, don't ask me to say that again, <laughs> was employed as a driver for DART, so which stands for Dallas Area Rapid Transit. So this is in the in Dallas, Texas area. He picked the woman up from her parents' home where she lived and drove her to work in his work vehicle. All of those work vehicles are equipped with cameras inside so that everyone's, you know, for everyone's safety. But when the assault happened, the camera had been deliberately covered. So he dropped her off at work and that was what his role was. His job was driving around to pick up people who were otherwise unable to drive themselves to work, mostly people (sighs) with disabilities. That was sort of like what his role was. So... The belief is that he's picked her up several times, was aware of how ill-prepared she would have been to defend herself from him, and he had already... So he gets her in the car, they drive around, he stops somewhere, covers the camera with what they believe is a Band-Aid, because, the, again, the vehicles have the, the um, cameras in there, right? and assaulted her, and then dropped her off at work. Also, can we just all agree, like, can I just throw this out there? Can we all agree if somebody is knowingly and you can see that they are intentionally covering a camera that somebody asks, like, anything? Like, ask one question? Well, so it's believed that this was the only time. And so she afterwards told people. Good. And so when they looked at the footage, they could see at the exact the time that she said, like, on this day, this is what happened on the way to work they could pull up that footage and see that that cam the camera view had been distorted. Right. So they were able to put that together quickly. His job was literally to provide transportation to individuals with disabilities so they can go to work. He took complete and total advantage of his responsibility, of his authority over them. Okay? So another wet piece of shit. Mm. Moving on, according to Rollingstone.com, in January 2019, a comatose woman gave birth to a baby boy in Hacienda Healthcare Facility in Phoenix, Arizona. What the fuck? This woman had been in what was called a vegetative state for 14 years. Bigger what the fuck? Yep. She went into labor and delivered a baby boy, and police determined through a DNA match that the father of the infant was 36-year-old Nathan Sutherland, who was employed as a nurse in that facility at that time. Hi, Nathan Sutherland. Go fuck yourself. The woman could obviously not consent to this. There are very varying reports, though, on what her ability was to communicate. A lot of reports said that she was just completely comatose and, like, in a coma the entire time. Others say that... She had experienced a medical issue after a near drowning incident when she was a kid. And so she had been in the hospital really since then, but she could oh. make facial expressions. She really couldn't communicate. She could sometimes move arms and legs, but she was pretty much reserved to like her hospital room. Yeah. So the thing that drives me absolutely nuts is that there's arguments that she may have mentally recognized what was going on but her physical body could not respond are you fucking kidding me so 
this is actually a, a good just like asterisk in there too. A lot of people with disabilities know that they're not children. So it doesn't really help to say, hey, kiddo, to a 30-year-old. And just because there are issues processing or transcribing memories in their brain or like communicating doesn't mean that it's not there. And a lot of times they have, they're very neurotypical in the way that they receive information and process it. They just can't respond back. Correct. And that was one of the arguments with this. So we're not, we're not really sure, or at least I'm not sure because articles really differed. Right. Um, so in my opinion, this case means that the abuse had several layers. The wet piece of raping shit, Nathan Sutherland, who apparently sexually assaulted this patient repeatedly, repeatedly took advantage of this. Then we have the other medical staff that didn't notice that this comatose woman was nine fucking months pregnant. They didn't notice. I mean, you're supposed to change her daily. Yeah. Bathe her daily. Yeah. Weigh her. Wash her clothes change the bedding and change her like all hey, of these things not one person noticed that her midsection was she had a baby bump no one noticed that she didn't have a period for nine yep. months no one noticed the fact that this guy is a fucking creep no we're just gonna ignore that all of it all, all that all right cool it was only until she was in labor that staff noticed that she was pregnant and what i don't the fuck? and i don't know how they even realized that she was in labor i mean probably the vital machine was like beep 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 if beep, she's this heart nine, rate's off the freaking charts nine months pregnant and she's i'm just guessing laying flat or at least just a little bit sat up in bed yeah that belly's got to be huge by nine months you bet your ass it is no one's feeding her i mean are people just going days and weeks without going in that room what in the fuck is going on there yeah it's very bothersome so uh, a USA Today article had written, quote, it's hard to imagine that the staff at Hacienda did not notice that the 29-year-old patient was pregnant. That negligence, however, not only has allowed a sick criminal to roam free, raising the possibility of more victims, but also may have done irreparable harm to the victim's baby boy. Yeah. So in the initial 911 call about the baby being born, you can hear that the child is not breathing. And oh. so the nurses are doing uh, chest compressions, trying to revive him. And around four minutes into the call, the baby was resuscitated. But oh. it took four minutes. Four minutes of infant CPR. If you guys aren't CPR trained, that is so hellacious. And not in terms of like physical, you know, requirements. It's pretty easy on your body. But like you're just watching that little baby face mm -hmm. for four minutes probably feels like an eternity. Yeah. Waiting to see if it's going to work. And so because staff didn't know that she was pregnant, they continued to give her her prescription medication. And that prescription medication is very, very, very unsafe to unborn children because of the effects it can have while the baby's developing. Yeah. So she was given phenobarbital, which if you don't know what that is. You are not supposed to take that pregnant. Um, is an addictive anti-seizure, anti-convulsant medication. And it's very dangerous for pregnant women to take. Mm -hmm. And it was determined at that point that the child could experience permanent impairments as a result. Yeah. So the boy is now under the loving care of his mother's family. So his grandparents oh. are raising him. That piece of shit has nothing to do with 
the baby. Good. Um. So, but that kid could absolutely have several, you know, medical issues and conditions linked to these nine months of negligence. And honestly, I'm shocked that they weren't tried for criminal negligence. I'm curious if they could be held responsible if anything does happen to him. Well, I think the family is pursuing like several lawsuits against uh-huh. that facility, against the individual, against the staff on that shift who just never noticed. So, yeah, pretty terrible. Well, and I was going to say, too, like what went through my mind initially upon hearing it had gone nine months without anybody noticing was I have known people that were of, you know, by clinical definitions, overweight or obese. And I've seen a few go through pregnancy. You can still tell by the end. Like, yes, it's going to be less of a stark difference than someone who's like, you know, 85 pounds soaking wet and then Mm -hmm. they get pregnant. But you can still tell. And there's a difference in you know, how your belly falls. And I know that sounds weird, but like, you know, the pregnancy belly is a little like a pregnancy ball. And firmer because yeah. there's a child in there. And that's not just, I mean, hey, there's literally an entire TV show that's called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Oh my gosh. So I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but also you didn't know she didn't, this this woman who cannot speak for herself and you are entrusted with taking for being the caretaker you didn't notice she didn't have a period for nine months well and how you didn't notice that there was probably damage yeah around what you were cleaning up you didn't notice that when you bathed her things looked a little bit different are you might have been a few bruises might have been like what in the hell it's also just super fucking frustrating because when you think about someone like that in a very unstable condition like whether or not you know what i mean she was able to move limbs make facial expressions anybody who's deemed medically in a coma is not stable like they're fragile so to have that much oversight anyway let alone that much oversight that you don't know or don't care about the abuse that's happening and then to go nine months without a period like it's ridiculous. When I was a DSP, you know, I was responsible for helping clean up and change and use pads and like aid in some of that stuff. It It's not something that escapes you. You know it's coming. You mm-hmm. prep for it. Like I knew the days that I needed to go into work and be prepared to like deal with some shit, you know? Literally. Yeah. Um, and it's not hard. And it's also, that's the job that you sign up for. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it or you don't want to do it, that's fine. Especially don't be a nurse. Uh, you know how many bedpans y'all have to change? We don't deserve nurses. But and if you don't want to do it, don't be a nurse that's negligent. That's worse. And LNAs. Yeah, it's true. Oh my gosh. It's the not, shit that LNAs get. It's not, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. And, and we'll talk more about that later. But that is disgusting. And yeah. the fact that the family found out after their grandson was born and already had medical issues and almost died upon birth because it wasn't like there was an OBGYN just there to deliver. Nope. Mm-mm. So, yeah. So that's trauma, that one. Trauma, 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 trauma. So moving uh. on from the Washington Post, this case is from October 2016. 
And in this one, um, elderly care staff made patients with dementia fight each other for their amusement. Disgusting. This happened at Danby House in North Carolina. So these three female pieces of shit are... Ooh, the chatettes. Yeah, the chatettes, if you will. Uh, Marilyn Latish McKee, age 32. Tanisha Yvonne Tyson, age 20. And Tanisha Deshaun Jordan, age 26 cruel they put residents in a room together told them to fight they literally made a fight club yelled to the patients to punch each other in the face to kick each other and wouldn't let them leave the room they blocked the doors so they said you have to do this the victims were 70 and 73 years old and both had dementia one was pushed down into a bed and begged for help reached her arm out for help and they called her curse words and told her to keep fighting fuck them they egged it on wouldn't let them leave the only reason we know this is because they videotaped it so they could re-watch it later and laugh about it and it got out and someone sent an anonymous tip so glad that they're done to um, north carolina dhhs good and that's how it was discovered otherwise who would have known who would have known so that's the that's the little physical and sexual abuse mm-hmm. examples and there are hundreds of them and it's not very difficult to find them and some of the things that we didn't talk about though it can include inappropriately touching them when dressing or bathing mm-hmm. it could be intentionally denying them hygiene products or ignore personal hygiene and care you could they even threaten to harm or kill a service animal that the person's attached to they'll just threaten to physically abuse the animal and maybe instead of the person <sighs> so the list truly is never ending no it's so not. we'll move into emotional mental verbal abuse mm. um these abusers may use emotional abuse in conjunction with other forms of abuse or on its own caretakers family members or even strangers may verbally abuse the victim by telling them that they aren't wanted that they shouldn't be alive, that they are a burden to the family and those around them. They may threaten to leave and abandon them if they don't do what they say or don't behave in the way that they want them to. They may threaten to leave and abandon them if they disclose the abuse that they're experiencing. Yeah. They may withhold cell phones and other devices for communication. And especially for people who rely on, let's say, an iPad to actually just communicate and interact with the world around them. Mm -hmm. They'll just take that away as a form of punishment so that they are just stuck by themselves. They'll also withhold any adaptive equipment or mobility devices that they might have to limit where they can go so that they cannot move. Yeah. So not kidding. No, I actually, I had a friend who relatively recently, like in the last year or two, her grandmother's health was wicked failing and the home sitter that they had not home sitter like an in-home nurse yes like the home caretaker visiting nurse or yeah yeah um would put the grandmother to bed and she was um an interesting character it was kind of up and down there was a lot of you know positives about her but Mm -hmm. i don't think she thought about it she would put my friend's grandmother's walker by the door and not next to the bed so the grandmother couldn't get out of bed 
because she couldn't get to her walker Aww. that was by the door and that wasn't intentional but even that it like gives you the ickies because you're yeah. like what if she has to pee in the middle of the night do you have to just pee in your bed because you're reliant on that and you can't have that absolutely the answer was yes and that was unintentional like imagine right what people can do when they're the person that someone depends on entirely yeah and what we're going to talk about next is the abuse that often is overlooked because there are no real changes in behavior as a result of trauma and there's no bruises and scars and burns and cuts and things left over we're going to talk about financial abuse oh that's a bad of one people with disabilities so this happens in a bunch of different settings in a bunch of different ways like all crimes it's not just this one kind of person is going to get is good this crime will be committed against them we know that that's not how that works but i'm always going to say it yeah um care facilities may overbill patients or overbill insurance they might double bill for the same service and word it differently yeah they might just bill for services that were truly never rendered they might bill for supplies that were never given to the patient the patient doesn't know this the fa- if the family's paying for it right and the family you know isn't there 24 7 how are they going to know that this did or didn't happen and the patient doesn't know it's being billed because they're not the one seeing it right so staff can steal from patients rooms there have been cases of family heirlooms and belongings of residents in long-term care facilities or hospitals or anything like that where they're possessions have been found in the lockers of some of the staff and that's the only and it was just by happenstance that someone saw it fuck so to say and then blame it on someone who's maybe struggling with their memory yeah are you sure you didn't take that well what do you mean i saw you had it yeah you know even someone who's got no struggle with their memory at all can be told repeatedly that they've done something that they will believe it or at least at the very least question if they did so well let's not pretend that that's isolated too memory has never been an adequate way to tell events not reliable (laughs) no not at all actually there was a class at my school that was really exciting which was psychology and the jury I would love to talk about that in a special topics. That is fascinating. Do you guys want to hear that? Let us know. Please say yes. I really want to talk about it. (laughs) They're like, no, never. They're like, shut up about your jury shit. But no, memory is so bad. And so even if you do have someone like you were saying without a disability at all, of course, you're going to question it. I don't even remember what I had for dinner three days ago. Yeah, you could tell me I had, you know, whatever or did whatever or Oh, you don't remember you didn't pay that bill? Oh, I could have sworn I did. How many right. times have you over had that $35 charge? <laughs> well, I could have sworn I did that. What I do you mean know. I didn't transfer that? And that just happens to people it, just in just in life, just daily, just yeah, it we're, happens. We're just all on that struggle bus together. So that on top of a struggle bus that has a popped tire and no spare, like you're SOL. You know, and so, and that's, and that's where people, they sniff out where they can take advantage and then they do it. Yeah. In other cases, caregivers, not only in long-term care facilities, and I know, I feel like I'm picking on them. I'm going to talk about later that I'm not. Um, yeah. But they steal disability checks yep. or social security checks, anything, and just cash them. 
there was a woman in California, I think I don't remember her name. I might do it as a case one time, but who was essentially doing elder abuse this way and she would take older folks into her home. Is that Dorothea? Their... Is it Dorothea? Is it Poin- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You get oh, it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then she would fucking kill them, but she'd still collect their checks. We will do yep. that case someday. Oh, my yes. God. It's, <sighs> yeah, it's horrific. And specifically, I didn't want to do like a, a dive into that in this because I figured we'll cover it in, in whole later. So we'll definitely do that. Yeah, um, but so like but even no, you guys exactly. know that there are famous cases of people taking advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes the victim will like cash the check like the the they will go cash their own check, receive their own money. So bank wise, it looks totally normal, looks normal. And then the offender will just take the money. We'll just, yeah. They'll just take it from them afterwards and be like, you didn't cash that. And then they go to the bank and say, hey, I didn't cash that. And they're like, yeah, you did. Right. And then and it's just so they think, oh, what did I do? Gaslighty 101. Yeah. So in Augusta, Georgia, a 53-year-old man named Charles Miles was arrested for exploitation and intimidation of a disabled adult by cheating him out of $136,000. Ew. $136,000. This was according to the Augusta Chronicle. In 2019, the victim's daughter noticed her father was selling his most valuable possessions in order to just afford his bills that otherwise he could have paid and she knew him to have been able to afford. Yeah. So he made these false promises. Well, give me this much and you'll get this much in return and made this scheme and had the guy sign paperwork. And over time, he ended up stealing over, again, $136,000. This was in 2019. By March 2020, the victim had died of cancer. Fuck that. Yep. Ew. So financial abuse is real. And that didn't leave bruises. That didn't leave trauma and withdrawn you know we'll talk about signs to look for in a lot of abuse later yeah that's you're not going to see that and it was only because the daughter noticed hey dad how come you could afford these bills six months ago but now you can't right now you're literally selling you're selling sentimental press possessions that mean the most to you and the most to our family just so you can pay your electric bill yeah so it's disgusting Another form of abuse is withholding medical care or over-medicating. So we see this all the time. They will over-medicate a patient when they believe that they may be displaying behaviors that are difficult to deal with. Mm -hmm. They might give them sedative medication to just maybe they want to go to bed early or something. They'll just, you know, load them up with medication and no one will know who, you know, Who's going to notice that? If you're the prime caretaker of an individual, would anybody really notice that no. you're given even just too much Benadryl? Nope. 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 They, this is also used in sexual assault cases and of the same population. They will use that to incapacitate the victim. And again, that isn't only happening in cases with people with disabilities, but we see it disproportionately. And we see it in an area where it is so easy to gaslight or manipulate the victim into a place where they might not even think it's wrong or weird. And if anybody looked into it, they'd be like, yeah, I take a lot of Benadryl. Like, I have allergies, apparently. That's Mm -hmm. what I get told. Well, and the other thing that I wasn't going to dive into, but we all know the Gypsy Rose case. Oh, yeah, we do. I mean, that was 
you know, Munchausen's by proxy. And if you haven't heard of it, look it up. We oh might, my gosh, Maybe we'll cover do. it someday, but I hope so. You know, telling somebody that they have this severe disability, medicating them so that they believe it, so that they have yep. the symptoms of that, you know, it, it just the way that it's fucking wrong. It's then fucking wrong. The opposite is true too, because they'll use medication and withhold medication as a form of punishment also so they'll over medicate or they will intentionally under medicate so that the person complies i'm wondering if a very interesting like cj short or special topic could be um control tactics or like power tactics oh yeah the, the power and control that one specific idea of like keeping drugs or medicine from someone was super reminiscent of a human trafficking um, training that we did pretty recently where they were talking about how a lot of human trafficking victims will get given drugs so that they get addicted to drugs so that that becomes the power and control tactic so that they don't, you know, misbehave, quote unquote, or, you know, act out of line because they know if they do that, it'll be taken from them and they'll have to go through withdrawals oh absolutely they will abduct these typically women but it's not yeah it's it's not not only women women, but yeah um but typically young girls young females stick needles in their arms pump them full of drugs they've never heard of nope make them absolutely physically addicted yeah mentally addicted and say if you want your next dose you will do x you will turn tricks right you're going to this you're going to this uh campground for a week to service whoever when you come back that's when you'll get Mm -hmm. you know the absolute bare minimum it's just no it is absolutely disgusting and it's so sad when people do that with drugs that are life-saving and quality of life saving absolutely (sighs) drugs that are prescribed yes medically necessary drugs so we're going to look at this a little bit different too in the way that they might just get accidentally medicated. Yeah. So um, in this case, so um, the Guardian covered the story of the special education teacher. Her name's Paula McGowan. Now, I will say the other cases that we've talked about have all taken place in the United States. This was one in the UK. Okay. So slightly different, but not really. We're shedding light on the fact that this shit happens. Um So, Paula talked about her son, Oliver. Oliver was 18 years old when he died in 2016 of a, quote, combination of pneumonia and hypoxic brain injury after having a severe reaction to the psychotropic drug olanzapine. Okay. Which isn't one I've heard of, to be honest. I don't know. They all have weird... I know a lot of drugs. I don't know that one. Weird generic names. But psychotropic drugs, you know is a whole whole other beast so his mother said that he was given the drug after he was having a seizure because his behavior was quote perceived as challenging so she argued that he was behaving how anyone would if they were scared and anxious after having a seizure and she's quoted as saying we believe that if oliver had not had the labels of autism and intellectual disability attached to him he would absolutely have not been prescribed psychotropic medications 
So she also said that it became clear to her that many professionals just don't have experience and training in dealing with people like her son. Right. And people that, you know, have these, you know, labels attached to them and then treat their medical care. Not it's not appropriate to say haphazardly. And it's really not all. It's obviously not all medical professionals, but there is a disconnect. There is, and I think that that label with whatever the disability may be is an excuse for a lot of people to lean on, and they go, oh, well, they've got whatever, so it's okay. Absolutely, and so we're going to, like, take a brief, like, breather here. Yeah. That is the last back-to-back dumping of, like, awful story and awful story on top of awful story, so... um. I just want to point these out. These aren't mutually exclusive. Someone can be abused in all of these ways at the exact same time. In fact, once someone's got that sort of control over them, it's Mm -hmm. easier to do. Once you've mastered one, it's easier to incorporate others. That's like Pokemon. You got to get them all. Oh, you're terrible. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there are people out there that, you know, if if you're sexually abusing somebody and then you become their primary caretaker... Yeah, you might cash those checks. And yeah, you might do whatever. You know, you you take on more and more and more. And I'll say this too. I mean, sometimes there are incidents, and I mean single incidents, not recurring ones, not patterns of things over time. But, you know, with the medication thing, sometimes, yeah, you can accidentally give your kid two doses. If you're, you know, working for a shift, your husband's working third shift, and he came home, woke her up, gave her meds. She fell back asleep. You got up a half hour later, woke her up and gave her meds. But like, that's a one-time incident. And that is much, much different than consistently and recurring patterns of abuse. Where intent matters. Intent does matter. And it's the whole power and control manipulation of the abuse that unfortunately, a lot of people with disabilities do not have the stamina, the means, the ability, the vocabulary to back themselves up and to really bring it up in a easily communicatable heard manner. Absolutely. And another thing to point out here is that this doesn't only happen to women. This doesn't only happen to children, not only elderly, it can and it does happen to anyone. And remember, one in four people have a disability. Yeah. And at some point, now again, varying stages. Absolutely. Varying stages. But if you can fathom a parent of yours being in a facility and maybe they've got dementia and like those pieces of shit who what had them, I mean, I can't even, I can't wrap my head around that. No. And the response I would have would be, uh, I don't even know. Oh, mine would not be pleasant. I can Horrific. tell you that. Uh, you know, I just, oh. So one other thing, because I said we'd talk about it. Mm-hmm. There are fantastic, passionate, intelligent, caring medical staff yeah. in all of these kinds of facilities. We see you. We value you. So much. You put in the work. You care for the patients. You go in above and beyond every single day. You are not who we're talking about here. No, we need more of you. We need more of you. Recruit your friends. Okay, yeah. we need more people like you. But what I 
you know, I, I don't want to discredit the hard work that they do because we need them. And if the last few years have taught us anything is that we really do. Hi, we love you. Hi, I love you so much. Please. <laughs> the vast majority are great, but we see this in all professions. Yeah. That there are evil people who take on these roles for malicious intentions and then they use that role and that whatever that power is or whatever that responsibility is to exploit people yeah and to be self-serving so you know the vast majority of people in this profession are great and passionate and professional and no shit i know you guys aren't in it for the money yeah uh, no absolutely and because you want to give back and be of service but there are also evil people that are drawn to it too. And that's who we're talking about. Yeah. Those cold motherfuckers. Ooh, so cold. I need a blanket. Oh my. As you sit with my blanket. But okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I want to talk about just some. Statistics. Remix. Yes. Statistics. Wow. I think I just said tits, like lots. Love um, that. Okay. Tits. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so according to the YWCA, um, the survivors with disability facts, this is a fact sheet. Everything that we're talking about today is, you know it, linked in the show notes. But I also have put together a list of things you can do and check out if you're wondering about it or you suspect abuse is going on. We have a... Um, an article linked that's like what to do if you're noticing it um you can search by state so that wherever you're listening to in the united states you can look that up we're gonna get into all of that in a little bit but just so you know what i'm gonna be reading here is also gonna be available to you not just where the stories came from delightful so more than 80 percent of women with disabilities have been sexually assaulted more than 80 now does that always mean that it's repeated over time the most horrific things no but that does happen but also no, but someone that's... who's what handsy during you know when they're when they're bathing when you have someone who's vulnerable in their most vulnerable state and you take advantage yep. of that yeah that shit happens oh i know it photographing yeah shit happens okay 50 percent of those women have been assaulted more than 10 times yep so of the 80 percent that it's happened to half of them it's not just a one-off. So if we break it down to five, one lucky girl has not been touched against her will. Mm-hmm. Four have. Two of them have not been more than ten times, but there's nothing saying it couldn't be nine. And two of them have been over ten times. Yep. Delightful. So okay. think, of, think of you and your four closest female friends, ladies. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. So then between 97% and 99% of abusers are known and trusted by their victims. Yep. And they may include family members, which is 32%, which is horrific. Other caretakers, home health aides, and living facility attendants at 44%. Yeah. So... In 2013, the rate of violent victimization against people with disabilities was at least double the rate of those without disabilities for every age group measured except for those 65 and older. And the ones 65 and older fall into the elderly category, which are already victimized at a disproportionate rate. Right. Okay. 
Only 3% of sexual abuse cases involving people with developmental and cognitive disabilities are ever reported. So 3%. One, two, three. That's where we are. That three, that's reported. 3%. That's not even cleared. Yep. That's not even like a conviction was right. or any kind of punishment. That is just not the, even an arrest. That is the bare minimum reported. Yet people with cognitive disabilities experience the highest rates of violence of all people with disabilities. So the people who are least likely to communicate are the people that are going to be victimized the most. So this next section is um, statistics from the Bureau of Justice. And this is from 2017 to 2019. I tried to get the most recent numbers. One in three robbery victims had at least one disability. It's 33%. Hmm. Okay. People with cognitive disabilities had the highest rate of violent victimization among the disability types measured. Right. So we talked about that. Right. 19% of rapes or sexual assaults against persons with disabilities were reported to police compared to 36% of those against persons without disabilities. So already people don't report right. sexual assaults. But like half yeah. do of that number do when they have disability Ugh. okay so i want to talk about what we can look for yay a little bit of a little bit of hope and what we can look for in somebody with a disability that you might have concerns about abuse and again you know it, it's difficult to spot the financial ones sometimes it can be yeah. difficult to even find some of the mental and verbal because really those things don't leave scars in the way that we imagine scars and damage to be. Certainly not visible, yeah. So these are just some things that just consider. If the individual looks unkept, dirty, unwashed, or otherwise just not well cared for, if their clothing is dirty or they're wearing the same clothing, yeah over several days yeah um with an asterisk of that it's clearly worn and unwashed some people do have like a favorite t-shirt that they fixate on but yes yes, with that asterisk that it's like clearly not being cared for they may become more easily agitated than they had previously been yes they might become shy and withdrawn or act out entirely around certain person or in a certain place that's usually indicative of trauma Sometimes even when a subject comes up. Yep. Yep. They may have difficulty sleeping. They may not want to partake in the activities that previously they enjoyed. They may have unexplained injuries like bruises and cuts and scars and burns and broken bones that there's really no reason for. And that they can't really articulate what happened. They may show signs of being physically restrained, like ligature marks. Now, that's not to say that in some cases, those things are used for their safety. That isn't always 100% a sign of abuse. However, most facilities have really, really, really backed away from using things like that. Yeah. Still important to look at. Yeah. And the thing is, if you see that one, the chances of another one of those symptoms being present if it's abuse is so much higher than if it was just like a hospitalization and they needed to be gained control of for a moment yes you know Which or if they had something still look into that it, they could hurt themselves with you know and, and they needed right. to try to just 
shut that behavior down so that they don't hurt themselves or hurt other people. Right. If you're a harm to yourself or others, that's one thing. But if you're a harm to yourself or others, these other things popping up wouldn't be so direct around whatever kind of abuse they're facing. Mm -hmm. It would probably be a little more widespread. They may have easily preventable injuries like bed sores. Why? (laughs) And that, to me, that sticks out with the woman who delivered that baby. Right. I have no doubt that she had to have had that. Oh, yeah. Because (laughs) who wouldn't have known? So... They may also be bedwetting. Yep. You know, if we look at more of the financial piece of it, they may not be able to afford things that they previously could have with no change to their financial standing. Or lifestyle. Like, lifestyle. Yes. It may indicate that somebody's taking money from them. Or they're just... I mean, it, it... how many people get how many people are paying nigerian princes okay it's not that that doesn't (laughs) happen but people are taking advantage of a population that maybe want to be nice right kindness what feel like they might have to so trauma presents itself in different ways there's no blanket statement to say this is how someone will behave and these are the harsh lanes that someone will stay in if this is what they're experiencing or this might be what's going on we know that in every aspect of the human experience that no two people are going to handle the exact same stimuli the exact same way. Right. We have stats. We have majorities. We know the likelihood of things, but we can't say this is exactly what it will or will not be. Right. But it's important to look at anyway and to ask questions. Yeah, because you know the whole phrase curiosity killed the cat. Of course I do. Do you know the other half of that phrase? No. Satisfaction brought it back. If you are curious and you look into it and it is nothing, that's awesome. That's ideal. If you look into it and it's something, it's more ideal because you can intervene. But you have to look into it for it to become ideal. Otherwise, you're just aiding and abetting. There you go. Essentially. I mean, that's not to put blame on people who aren't doing the abuse obviously 100% of that falls on the abuser but enabling is still enabling and something needs action needs to be taken yeah and it's one of those things where because it touches everybody like you know what I mean one in four is essentially ubiquitous like it's all around us the ways that people's abilities are differed and sometimes more restrained than others but it is for me, heartbreaking, the idea that somebody I know and love, like I could be putting in the hands of someone I think is a very capable caretaker. That could be the second I walk away, hell on earth for them. Absolutely. And to know these signs and to see them and to not be able to say, hmm, I wonder how I can critically think down to the cause of the change and to I don't know, end up finding out from someone else or some unfortunate way after something huge has happened that that abuse was going on that long and I missed it when I could have picked it up. Yeah. That would be awful. It's just, it is all terrible. (laughs) And I want to talk a little bit about what you can do with just the power of your language. Yeah. Okay. It's huge. One of the most important things in tackling the issue of this abuse and victimization of people with disabilities is breaking the stigma of having a disability in the first place. 
Yeah, they're people, not disabilities. And this often starts with the words that we use. So consider using person-first language. What is person-first language? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I'll just (laughs) give you a cute little example. Instead of saying autistic person, say person with autism. Yep. They're a person. They happen to have autism, but they're a person. Yeah, I think the idea of using diagnoses as adjectives should be antiquated. I know it's not yet, but like if I say I'm sitting on a black chair, if I just say the chair is black, that makes sense. It's a black chair. Mm -hmm. If I say I'm an autistic person, I'm not. This is a hypothetical. And you take away person, I am autism is not correct. Mm -hmm. That's a descriptor based off of a diagnosis, not an actual adjective. It's a label that you're assigning someone as part of their identity that, depending on how it's used, is cons- is less than. Yeah. Well, and I think even without that, it it's not really a valid reason to separate. I mean, there are few things, and I genuinely mean few things, in which that makes sense to me. You know, someone with a fatal heart condition should be separated when it comes to roller coasters don't go on a roller coaster that's not going to go well for you someone who is a paraplegic and can't move their legs probably won't be in a marathon with people that are running using their legs that they were given at birth like there are varying reasons why certain physical disabilities should be noted but that doesn't make them separate as people I think it matters when there's a safety concern. Yeah. When there's things like that. But you can talk. I mean, and what I want to steer away from is we're not pretending that it doesn't exist or pretending that like someone who has autism doesn't have autism. And we're just going to pretend and gloss over that fact. But it's saying that the disability does not define them. They may have that. Yeah. But they are not that. Right. And with all of the examples I just used, right, even in those cases in which it's a safety concern or a physical, like, medical concern to someone to separate based off of that disability, think about every single other thing they can do in their life. That would not even make up half a percent. You know, running a marathon? Okay, whatever. I can walk here, roll here, do this, do that. Like, there infinite amount of things you can do that have nothing to do with your altered capabilities it just and so you know another thing too is you know instead of saying john is wheelchair bound Mm -hmm. john uses a wheelchair yeah john's a person he utilizes this device for mobility yep (sighs) so best best practice honestly Ask the person how they want to be referred to. Oh my gosh. Can we just use this for like a blanket statement? Just in general. What, yeah. are, you, what are you comfortable with? What do you want to be called? And that, and that works out. I'll say this. Um, I've found really, really, really positive success rates for doing this with people who have different gender identities than me. I'm a cis woman. I'm, I'm fine with the shade of pink I was born. But, uh, you know... I, I don't consider it my responsibility to know other people's preferred pronouns, but I will ask. And usually that goes a lot further than me just assuming, you know, you know, there's, you run the less of a risk of 
doing damage or causing harm unnecessary harm by just asking yeah and it's so easy if possible yeah you know you know that's not to say that people aren't allowed to have feelings about anything that's happened or you're not allowed to make mistakes everybody does it's just intent like if you're intending to do well by them you will especially if you ask because then you're doing the best you can because they're the ones articulating what they need so I want to talk now about what we can do and who we can notify. Yes. Okay. So as always, if you see something, say something. I know what we talked about in this episode was not like a deep dive into one case, but it was several like blurbs of really bad cases. So that's not to say that you got like a pass on this week's episode. Like, oh, you didn't have to talk about anything that was horrible. No, it's all horrible. It's all bad. It's all terrible, but you clicked it. Yeah. And you're here. And that's because I think, I think you might like us. I don't know. Hey, cutie. Hey. So what we talked about was jarring. I hope it made you sick to your stomach. Reading these things, I like literally couldn't eat. Yeah. You were texting me like all week. You were like, what the fuck? I was like, this is horrible. Like I can't, it, it turned my stomach. It made me angry. I'm hoping that you had the same or a similar reaction. Yeah. It's because it isn't okay and because it can be you or it can be someone you love or it will be you and it will be someone you love and how do you want to be treated perceived how do you, how do you want that to go even so much as okay breaking your ankle or having a, a hip surgery or something like that even, right. even if that is temporary notice how you're treated differently if you're in a wheelchair yeah if you're on crutches if you have a walker if you have a cane and if that's something that someday you won't have that anymore, reflect on it. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the freedom and the return to normalcy that you got. And not everyone has that. No. You know, and I think in every, in every episode, every time we wrap this up, it's really just to like be thankful for what you do have and the people that you are lucky enough to keep close and, and all of that and, and your own health and things like that. And how can you, I don't know, just be a better human? But, you know, all of that to say, I know this all sucks and it's horrible, but especially if you have anybody with a disability in your life that changes your perspective or you get insight from their perspective because of their experience in the world and the way that people treat them, congrats. Like, that's exciting. That is good news. And I think as a society, maybe the best thing we can do is start A, congratulating people who have these different perspectives and working on how we can best support them and not how they can best fit into our mold of society so like i don't know having more apartment complexes that have elevators having ramps up into places that have steps by the door and i mean these are very physical in your face examples but even just not getting impatient with the person in front of you at the pharmacy you don't know what they're getting you don't know what they're going through like It's okay to just slow down a second and let people take the time they need because in my experience, that's been the one thing that's consistently helped everybody is slowing down and saying, whoa, what do we actually need here? And then providing that and not what I want to give. And I think a lot of people who don't have to problem solve like that on the regular with people who have different needs or disabilities of any kind. I don't I don't think I would think about that if I didn't have that as a job. You know what I mean? I'd probably be like, get your fucking meds and go. 
Like, I got to be somewhere. So, I don't know. I think it's horrid, horrid, heinous what can happen to such beautiful people. But also, you know, we have to know how to treat them ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give them a big smooch. But not, not unconsented. Guys, please. Please. It's ri- like, no, genuinely, seriously, like, ask an extra time if you know the person that you're with has a disability of any kind give them all of the options they can yep yeah and don't make them feel like they have to no so let's jump into what you can do yay who you can call who you can contact what services and resources are available if you're curious so the blank there's two blanket statements i want to make over all of these one is research your state yes because i don't know where you're listening from i don't even know what country you're from because i see you scotland (laughs) but you have to be aware of what your local resources are because hopefully those resources are built around what the community's needs are and that's going to be better applicable than these national resources that i'm going to list right and oftentimes the national resources are really there as a filter to get you to your local ones okay yeah okay the other one i'm gonna say is if you think someone's in immediate danger call the police oh please for the love of it 911 or 988 okay and if you don't remember 988 is the mental health 911 now yep and the more you use it maybe the more funds it will receive and maybe it will help filter out a little bit of when all of those calls are just made to 911 Yep, because we need mental health. But that's, you know, well, it's a conversation for another day. Yep. Um, for the love of it, call emergency services, please. Yes. So, again, if you believe that someone is in risk of death or injury, you need to call 911. But if you are concerned or see something that didn't sit right, mm-hmm. research what that is. And also reach out to some of these things that I'm going to list here another yeah thing that i think is important is a lot of times um dcyf or dcf or cps which you know division or department of children youth and families or children families or um, child protective services are very similar to like the bureau of elder abuse or things like that because at the end of the day you're talking about a vulnerable population yeah where oftentimes the individual isn't making decisions for themselves. Someone else is. And that's what these departments and divisions oversee. Right. A lot of times people with disabilities are also in these categories and you're encouraged to contact those same entities for issues or, you know, things that you see wrong or a problem you want to report. You'll often get filtered to one of those because oftentimes they have the same resources and services available. But again, you have to research your individual state to do that. And don't worry, I'm going to give you a website where you can do that. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. So one thing I think is good. Um, this is the National Institute on Aging. Um, you can go to their website. That's going to be linked there. Um, or you can call Elder Care Locator. So this is, it's not even just elderly people, but obviously primarily right. it is. Um, and this website is uh, where you can learn about how to report abuse, where you can 
get help and then the state laws that deal with the abuse and neglect so you can learn about your specific state laws. The phone number for the elder care locator is 800-677-1116. You can also contact Adult Protective Services. So we talked about Child Protective Services. Adult Protective Service is the, well, this national line is 202-370-6292. You can also look into what I found was um, Legal Beagle, which was LegalBeagle.com. It was actually really cute. But it does have a spot where you can report abuse or at least find out what abuse might look like and then just kind of give you tips on that. It's not like your end all be all. You should reach out to the local resources. But if you're just curious, that was a cute little website. Another good thing to look up, you guys, we can't say this for your individual community, but there are often community supports. I would look up things like direct support professional, or I would also look up ABA therapists. That's applied behavior analysis, which is a big kind of therapy for people who have autism and other cognitive disabilities. So that would be a lot of what most people typically think of when it comes to disabilities, but then also there are plenty of um, ABA certified companies where they'll have therapists that are well-versed in that, but will have a wide variety of like case managers or caretakers who have different niches. So that's a good one to look up to. The other thing that you can do too is contact your local hospital or primary care office or something like that. Ask to get connected with a case manager there that that works primarily in this or an advocate or a social worker or something like that. A lot of medical care facilities have staff or can point you in the direction of staff and community agencies that I'm not going to be able to tell you about in your own hometown that are available to you. So, you know, again, call 911 or 988. Well, 911, if you think someone's like going to be physically harmed or harm others or something. Immediately. Always. Always, always, always. Yes. Um, Also utilize adult protective services and elder abuse lines. You want to look at DCYF. You want to look at the Bureau of Elder Abuse. Bureau. Bureau. Bureau of Elder Abuse. You want to look at local hospitals. You want to look at local nonprofits. Um, These things exist. They're in your community. You might not have seen them. Yep. But they're there hide very well in plain sight it's i don't know you guys just do your best to advocate for the rest where you can do something to help do it but otherwise you know really what it comes down to is just being another level of accountability is your community handling this well is your law enforcement having appropriate contact Are they having appropriate responses to abuse of people with disabilities, people with disabilities who are, you know, um, a danger to themselves or others within the community? Like, just hold each other to a good standard of, like, human decency. Yeah, I mean, reach out to your town personnel. I mean, I know a lot of our, we're in the Northeast, so we don't really do a whole lot by county here, but we definitely see that a lot down south it's really it's really not by the town it is by your county a lot of times counties might be funded better than your towns so look into that then you have your state resources and what we're giving you now is really just the national ones which are really just going to funnel you to the ones that are local to you 
Yep. But that does not mean that there's not really useful information. So as always, our highlight reels um, on our Instagram page that we're going to talk about in a hot minute. Um, we'll always have this information in it too. I'm going to always have like hyperlinks in our um, highlight tabs under resources that Hell you yeah. can just take a look at these. They're also always linked in our show notes. So you can look at those too. Anytime. And if, and if you've got questions, send us a cute little DM or a cute little email. Abby, how would they, if they wanted to do a DM, little a direct DM? message, if they wanted they to slide into our DMs, they could go on Instagram and then there's that little like search bar. So they would go to that. Ooh. And then they would type in about time for true crime pod with mm. periods in between all the words. Period. So God. it's A B O U T period T I M E period for being the word f o r period t r u e period c r i m e period p o d why that's how they pod? would do that oh um then they would press follow oh yep. then they would go to the yes. messages and then they would say hey fam uh what the fuck does this mean and we'd say we don't know here's someone who does or we'll say here's what it means i like it yeah. and then while they're there mm-hmm. you know tag their friends and like our most recent post or something and like spread the word because y'all Tell a friend. I know you're Hell listening. Yeah. I know you if are. If you like what you're hearing, help us out. Yeah. Let someone else also enjoy it. If Don't you like to laugh along it. with us, with our, you know, apparently our dad jokes and my horrific dry humor and sarcasm. <laughs> it's pretty dry. It's it's the Sahara. Pretty dry. Pretty, see, you know, I can't. And then the dad jokes, you know. We might need a humidifier. Oh, no. <laughs> Ah, oh, she's doing knee slaps. Uh, all right. Well, here. if they're annoyed at our Instagram or they're doing like a social media cleanse, which like good on you, boo, do you? Mm-hmm. Um, how could they email us? So they would email us at about time the number four Ooh. tc at gmail. So that's a b o u t t i m e numeral four tc at gmail dot com love that and, and they we could, will like, get back to you send a little picture of their cat oh yeah the a little pod pet pod pets and podcats yeah cat a podcat for the podcast yeah <laughs> i love them i know we got so many cute little boops i know we've well, got to make like a, a post soon we're like I have filling so many up on just them just like in the just like in the queue right now I and know. i just look at them and i'm like all right we're gonna share these with everybody else because they are super adorable and uh, love them cute little babies all right you guys and hey uh one last thing we haven't asked you to do this before but um if you feel the desire or the need and you see other true crime podcasts posting on stories or see posts of stories that you would like us to cover, tag us in them comments. We'll see it. Yeah. Let it like you can leave our, I mean, not and maybe like inappropriate ones, please. Yeah, but please. like tag us in things. If you see a funny meme, send it to us. Yeah. I will laugh. I, I mean, I don't know about Abby, but I will like roll on the floor. Yeah, I, I crack up. I'm usually roll on the floor, but usually it's like I'm laughing and then I stub my toe on something and then I fall and then I just don't get up. And yeah, I'm or you laughing. trip over your own feet, which happens at least once a week. Yeah. Oh, please. It's daily. It, it, well, I was going to be nice. Oh. I mean, other people are listening to this. It, listen, if they ever see me, they'll know. I'm disheveled as hell. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> With like 100 things in your hand and like 99 of them fall. I'm clumsy as hell with my body but i can hold a different thing with every finger and still get up 
into the building, like out of my car, shut the car off, lock the car, throw the keys in my purse, still have like eight different things in my arm, clock in, like badge in, get all the way upstairs mm-hmm. and then drop stuff. Well, you'll get in, you'll put it, you'll put everything on the desk, be like, ah, and then you go to turn, you'll trip over a wire and you're like face. Yeah, no, that's actually exactly what it is. And yep. I usually have the coffee in my hand, which is why there is always an inexplicable amount of coffee stains on my clothing there's always a (laughs) your white sweater that just had that one little (sighs) that was driving my little perfectionism crazy well then i looked and i was like it's gone and you how long did you spend in the bathroom scrubbing that out actually not too long that fabric does not hold on to stains very well it just said it just rejected it yeah not today it's acrylic it's basically plastic so no Anyway, you guys, we got to get out of here. We appreciate you. If I'm checking my... Oh, it is. Is that really? Yeah, it, well, it was. Yeah, that what? was... About, about time, time for True Crime. crime. Bye. Bye.